All right, uh, we are rolling. Oh, we are going? Counting us down. I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Always. Three. Oh. Two. Is there time for food, though? You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. Uh, if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be music, movies, television, spoken word, books, uh, I don't know, other stuff, experiences, comics, and we take these things that have built us up as people, we introduce them to you, the audience, uh, and we hope that it builds you. We are the retrospective that is introspective. I'm glad that you... Uh, explain this like you lay it out for us every week because when I first get here every time I'm bewildered I'm confused I'm frightened yeah frankly and you lay it all out and you make me feel safe and and now we can move forward exactly um, if, if you guys don't know Lex is like the guy from Memento um, but instead of tattoos he just waits for me to explain things to him and instead of uh, only remembering the past few minutes or so right yeah. so like my timeline moves backwards i'm just dumb mm. yeah yeah um i mean it's a it's a common affliction yeah um no today guys <laughs> one one out of three if i'm being gener- generous <laughs> it's just everyone everyone's dumb in their own way three out of three people are afflicted with <laughs> aggressive stupidity <laughs> three out of three it may be someone you know yeah but sometimes you can get treatment and ha- go into re- regression. Um, uh, b- right, uh, uh, it's the regressive aggressive. <laughs> read some books. <laughs> read some. Do some book learning. Yeah, and uh, let it let it build you up as a person. Uh, and come talk about it on the podcast, <laughs> uh, guys. Today we are talking about Soul Food, the 1997 film. Written and directed by George Tillman Jr. You might know him from such films as The Hate You Give. Uh, he did the barbershop uh, shows. He did Cooley High. Um, there was something else that he did recently that I was like, oh my gosh, he did it. So he directed something in he 2009. Did, oh, um, oh, what was it? I mean, he did Notorious. Oh, he did. That's right. He did Notorious. He also did um, Men of Honor with uh, De Niro and Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so very prominent director, um, and it also stars Vanessa Williams, Vivica Fox, Nia Long, Mackay Pfeiffer, um, oh, oh, uh, Michael Beaches, um, or Michael Beach, I think it's just Beach. One Beach, Um, multiple beaches. Yeah. Uh, so it's good. I introduced this to Lex Michael. You did. He had never seen it. I hadn't. Um, I've seen it a bunch of times. I There were moments when I was watching the movie where I uh, could remember even just like the trailer where she's like, this is my wedding and I'm supposed to be happy. Oh, that was um, the trailer line? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, see, I wish I had taken a look at how this movie was marketed before we talked about it. Cause that oh, yeah. Sounds like, I'm now trying to imagine the moments you would cut into a trailer. Um, there was that one. There was the moment with the Reverend being like all these fine breasts and legs underneath. I mean, on top of the table. Right. There's that piece. Um, there is the Vanessa Williams wielding the knife. The knife moment. I was going to say like, that's yeah, gotta, yeah. the knife has to be in the trailer. Right. Um, but yeah, so this was a very prominent, 
movie in my childhood. I thought I would introduce it this week because we are going into the Thanksgiving holiday and this movie is all about family and family drama and food. food. Um, and the uh, the collaboration or the collision of all those things together. Yes. Um, so I felt it only appropriate. That tracks. Yeah. I'm even less frightened than I was mere moments ago. <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> Um, Lex, this was your first time seeing it. So like, tell me, tell me your general thoughts. Like, how did you feel? Did you, did you, were you comforted by, by this sweet, sweet, uh, tale of, of family and food? Um, all right. So this was a movie I had definitely, I was definitely aware of, but yeah, yeah I had never, I had never seen, um, uh, these folks are real bad at making decisions. Okay, I guess is is my first big thought. Like they seem, they all seem very nice, and I'm glad that by the end it seems like they're kind of putting it all back together finally. Maybe like growing from their shared experiences and and their their triumphs and their their losses and their failures and like the highs and the lows and all that. Yeah, but like throughout, real bad at making decisions. I mean, just just uh, the men especially. <laughs> But but really, like almost everybody, three out of three people are afflicted with some form of stupidity. I mean, I wouldn't call it stupidity. I would say that, like, I definitely think that they are a product of their time. I definitely think that, like, the movie being set in Chicago, you have people who are um, definitely part of a lower education, lower income community. Um, So, like, it would make sense that their decision making skills aren't the, the, like, primest. And I think that that also makes the drama higher um, in that like, you know, you get a sense that only a couple of the, I guess technically only a few of the characters have fully completed their education. Um, and they're mostly very much into like what's happening in their immediate family life. Well, it makes, it makes like, I, I joke, I was obviously being um, a little bit facetious, but it, it, that definitely tracks for me and it makes them feel a great deal more human. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. Like that, I think a lot of their decision making is not maybe on point uh, consistently, <laughs> but it it's the kind of irrational sort of uh, passion based non thinking that I think a lot of people. I think almost everybody at l- at least once, probably at least once that you can remember recently. Yeah, uh, even if only in a minor way, uh, we sort of give in to that sort of uh, uh, impulsive, passionate non thinking. Yeah. So it it's super uncomfortable to watch them make some of the choices that they make, and I can't I I can't say I understand it as far as I I, I get like I think they should have gone that way. Yeah, you know, but like I can almost I can empathize, uh, especially if you feel like as a couple of the characters do at various points in the movie, you feel like every bit of like control or in some cases identity is kind of being pulled out from under you. It tracks. I see how they end up some of these places, but but bro, <laughs> um, yes, I would agree. Um, I mean, you bring up the men in this movie, and so uh, there is there's a very interesting aspect of the movie that hasn't necessarily aged the best, and it's the sense of 
um, like a man has to be a man and man, men don't get help. And, and like women are always going to try to see you as like a trifling N word. If you don't, uh, but like, so, I did, I did really like that scene. Yeah. But yeah, we do hit that specific, like Mackay Pfeiffer's whole deal in this movie is whenever anybody helps him. Yeah. Basically. In ways that he very badly needs help in that moment. Yeah. His pride is, takes such a massive hit that he he uh, uh, reacts with this like really irrational anger. Yeah. So much so that he becomes violent uh, more than once. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because it makes me... It, it actually feels... It feels real in that like uh, this character having recently got out of prison where like it's very much like you're always you, you got to have your neck on a swivel there like Absolutely, people yep. don't help you for no reason um like i feel like a lot of the time when you see shows and someone's recently got out of prison they're very much like you know i'm just a new leaf and and they're either like all bad or all good and they right. don't really like reflect how being in prison has affected Effect, them. right um so i really liked that aspect like it, it makes him really hard to watch because he's just like there's a moment when he's talking about how the system is keeping him is like keeps people who go to prison down and like it's totally true but at the same time like his decisions specifically also affect him as well right it also tracks it tracks with the the moment one of my favorite moments in the film when oh, yeah. he, when he insists very strongly that his dick not be looked at that actually does track right because if you're yeah. in prison you really if somebody's staring at your dick that means bad things are on the horizon for you i would i would imagine yeah no matter which way that situation ends up shaking out i feel like that means it portends negative things yeah because they eat dicks in prison they do they just that's, like or they like chop them off and trade them like right. that's currency like yeah. one dick is worth two packs of cigarettes totally i mean that's how it works it's rough. Yeah. It's rough out there in the prison streets. Um, uh, but like, so I guess we should back up a little bit. Um, maybe someone hasn't seen this movie, Lex Michael. Sure. Maybe they don't know what it's about. Uh, what do you think it's about, Lex Michael? Um, okay, so it's about a family who they come together over their Sunday dinners every week. It's a big tradition, and it's all about uh, uh, togetherness and kind of sharing uh, love and, and food and joy and being there for each other in the bad times so you can enjoy the good times. All the, all the great all the great stuff, everything you want out of Sunday dinners with your family. Yeah. And it's all headed by uh, this matriarch, Big Mama, who's uh, sort of the glue that keeps the entire family together. Yeah. And we spend a little bit of time up front because I was waiting for, for what felt like a weird amount of time before the movie sort of revealed to me what it was about, like what was going to be happening. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point she, uh, she has diabetes and so she has to get surgery to have a leg amputated and she falls into a coma and immediately the family implodes. Uh, they get wrapped up in their own little, little threads of drama where, uh, you know, the one, the one, the one couple, Poor guy just wants to make his music, man. <laughs> She's just not happy. Yeah. Um, another couple, yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer's just just got out of just got out of jail and we have this we have this storyline where uh uh Nia Long is trying to help him get a job and so she decides I'm basically going to uh cheat on you to help you get this job. Which, not for nothing, separate and apart from his his ego being a factor, that's a that's that I would be a little upset. I mean, but she didn't 
she wasn't going to sleep with the guy. It was just like, what are the was, odds? Did you see that guy? What are the odds that it was going to be just dinner? It was, of course it was going to be he just would, dinner. No, he would move that carrot a little bit. Mm, you maybe. S- you see this dude. Well, no, I know. And I, even the kid, even the kid is like, yo, he wanted bird and he would do anything or say anything yeah. better. It's like, no, he's going to, you know, he'll move that carrot just a little bit. Right. I mean, I mean, and maybe she wouldn't do it, yeah. you know, but like, yeah, that carrot's moving. It would, but I, I definitely think that she'd be like, nah, bruh. I mean, because, you know, Bird has a lot of integrity. Sure. And Bird loves her man. You know, she stay stick with him to the very end. She's trying to help. I mean, yeah, like what I, I kept writing in my notes, he was, because uh, his name is Simael, um, or S- Simuel, uh, and I just kept calling him Wet Lips, because he, he's like all about licking them lips. He's like, hey, girl, what's up? Hey, let me put this money in your bra. Are these sounds good for you? Are these? Like, I'm just picturing like the Joker in Dark Knight, just drooling a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's how he was. Or like, um, oh, uh, like uh, uh, David Tennant in Harry Potter Four mm, in Goblet yeah, of Fire yeah, with that like snake tongue. He's like, where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it was. Um, he had them like hungry eyes. <laughs> I'm Doctor Who. Ooh, that's a really good tenant impression. Doc, that, that's I, I watched the show uh, voraciously for many yeah. years, uh-huh. and that's how I was able to perfect <laughs> my David. <laughs> I'm Doctor Who. Oh man! Hello. Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like it's like David Tennant stepped into your body, and like it was like quantum leap where he was being you for a moment, and then you see him. Gently leave, and Lex Michael is back. I have a TARDIS. <laughs> I'm going to space in my TARDIS oh. because I am Doctor Who. <laughs> He's back. Oh, how nice. Wow. Uh, uh, oh, man. Yeah. But um, so I feel like there are, so there are a number of different like storylines or subplots going on, like, we have that overarching thing where like Big Mama goes into um, a coma and everyone has to kind of get their stuff together and everyone's fighting. And so like the two main, I feel like the two main characters are like Vivica Fox's Maxine and um, Vanessa Williams's Terry. Um, these two being like the, the two oldest sisters, um, Terry being the like very, very archetypal, archetypal, uh, oldest child where she has her stuff together and she's always like she's she went to school and is paying all the money and has all the responsibility and then you have Vivica Fox's middle child character who's like a little more free but still has her stuff together um, and then you have Neil Long's character who's still living with her mom and, and uh, you know married uh, just got recently married is still trying to get her stuff together um, and you you get these like very classic family dynamics where like both of them feel like they are constantly competing to be like the best sister. Right. Um, And so you get those interpersonal squabbles in addition to the relationship squabbles where you have, um, you know, you have Terry who is in a loveless relationship uh, and her sister Maxine is in a relationship with her ex-boyfriend. Right. Um, 
which oh, must turn the dagger so hard. I man, I'll, like that is the thing though. Not for nothing. How do all of these people sort of sit? ultimately and break bread with one another but i guess that's sort of the point right like the love the familial bond will sort of uh uh, supersede all of that but like yeah every every sunday you sit around the table going like okay so you like you had sex with this person but like you're married to them and like i used to be in love with you and i still kind of am secretly in love with you but i can't tell anybody and my marriage is horrible and like you know what i'm like how oh that sounds so stressful i mean it is but that's that's what family is family is stress bro right you go you you stick through the hard times together so you can be there if you let the bad times stop you you won't be around for the good times oh yeah that's that's that sweet sweet uh, log line, baby. <laughs> um, the, so, yeah, I would say uh, uh, Vivica Fox. I think out of everybody in the movie, unless there's some incident that I'm really like hardcore forgetting about, with the exception of dating her sister's uh, former love, um, she seems to have most of her stuff together. Like more so than anybody else, seems to have her stuff more or less together. Yeah, she's in the most kind of stable relationship. We have the least amount of actual like drama around her she's she's one of the few not actively making destructive choices yeah um like terry uh very much on the surface on the surface you would look at her and her life and and where she is and you'd say like well she clearly has it the most on the ball out of anybody but like no her life is awful yeah like like the the loveless marriage thing and then the fact that like she's she's so close to the edge clearly like the whole time (laughs) and i'm like backfilling it when we get to the knife scene yeah backfilling how like like your your Patrick Bateman levels of so close to the edge of shit that it all it took was that and you you broke and you you're ready to kill people yeah and so then now from now on I'd know this every Sunday and I would like real real close be like you know like she gonna like should I cut her food for her so she doesn't have one <laughs> are we safe I don't no. feel safe do you feel safe look everyone gets everyone gets a little sad sometimes I mean I feel like. <laughs> The, that's the little boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ever. It's like ever since. Ever since Big Mama died, he's just he started talking weird. Yeah. He's well. He's he he felt like he had to take her place. Like he's channeling so like, her. Yeah. 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 It's like oh yes. You have to make sure you're there for family. Family is the most important thing. It doesn't matter what they've done. <laughs> and they're like, you're nine. I don't feel safe. Do you feel safe? Maybe we should give her the knife. Oh no! Um, I mean, I feel like the way that the, the the way that Terry's character is put together, like it is very much this like oldest child, always feeling like they have to be in control, um, and it feels like she always she feels like no matter what she does, um, it'll never be enough, uh, which I think that Vanessa Williams plays very well. Yes. Um, but like overall, I just I feel so bad for her, because um, like she she'll I think that like she'll never be happy. I don't think so. Um, I mean, maybe at some point she will be. I Why mean, does she hate music so much? I think that she is more like because her being an oldest child. I think that it's it's one of those things where it's like you have to choose a practical career and you have to make sure that you're doing like. Uh, what's what's important and, and not just like right. doing your hobby stuff. Whereas like when you're when you're a younger child, you're able to just kind of like spring loose and everyone will take care of things for you. Sure, that that definitely tracks. But like not for nothing, didn't dude have like a job? Like did a job that he was doing pretty well at that he was saying like 
he didn't say he's going to go full time with the music until later, right? Yeah. First conversation they had was just like, no, like I'm going to I'm going to do this on the side, essentially, right. while I do my job and earn money and hold up my end of things and and be the responsible adult at the same time. And yeah. she was still so angry about it. I think it was mostly cuz he he like took money out of their savings this, and was like That would be yes, that would be the one thing and I guess right it could be you could argue that it is more about the money, right? Like taking the money out of their shared account without checking with her. Yeah. I could see that too. But then juxtapose it with the second scene where it's clearly about him and his music and his life and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Why does she hate music so much, bro? She just doesn't respect him. You know? She wants him to have one of those sweet, boring, practical jobs. And no no song in his heart. Nope. No. Um, <laughs> which is crazy right because... Out. So the the band that he was a part of, Milestone... Um, so if you don't know anything about this movie, you'll know... Uh, he, a cursory research will show like you that Babyface like, produced this movie. Yeah, Babyface produced, and he was part of the band. So the band was comprised of Babyface, his two brothers, and then Casey and JoJo from Jodeci, um, in addition to Miles. So like it, this, this band, if those people didn't exist in world, because you don't learn their names, maybe they were Babyface and they were Casey and JoJo. You're like, this band is going far this right. band is doing a lot of especially stuff. like this type of music in the 90s like they're gonna sell a lot of records yeah a lot of records <laughs> why is she so mad at him she just wants him to be a boring lawyer right man but like he'd make more money like at that time in history yeah he would now you couldn't make shit but like <laughs> at that at that now i get why she's mad like i totally get it yeah it's a ridiculously irresponsible decision now when you can't really make any money but back then like you you could have made a whole maybe more money than he was making at his boring job yeah plus like I feel like she was making enough to where they didn't really need the two in, two separate incomes. Like he could have followed his passions and they could have been okay. Like, or even just like if, if she would have been open to it, they could have just made a plan and been like, all right, well we'll do this for, we'll see how it goes over the course of two years. And if it doesn't work out by then we'll see where we're at. And maybe you go back to doing your lawyer thing. Like, come on, bro. Give him some, some, some leeway. She hates music. Yeah. She's like all the, parents in footloose um so that, that's that's where she came from she went to college in footloose town um and was like you know what everyone's right and as soon as she left that's when footloose happened right um, she missed it yeah she would have she would have been fine like she would have realized the power and the wonder of music and dance yeah had she only not taken that fancy corporate job until a week later yep it's true um <laughs> So stupid. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, which, like, I don't think that her stuffiness necessarily justified Miles's um, sleeping with her, no, her cousin. Right. He's still cheating on his wife. Like, you right. still don't cheat on your wife. Like, if you're not happy together, you're not happy together. And that's fair. Unfortunately, sometimes two folks can't make it work despite their best intentions. Yeah. Get a divorce. Right. Get a divorce. Or at the very least, have a conversation about how we're we're gonna settle all the divorce stuff, but we're not together now. Yeah. And then go do what you want. Right. You're still you're still cheating on your wife, dude. Yeah. Like she may not be the nicest person to you. <laughs> she may shit down your throat every time you mention <laughs> your dreams. And she may hate music. But you still shouldn't cheat on your wife. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that the movie does a good job of like making you understand why he does it. Um, not that it excuses it, but I think it does a really good job of showing that like it was it was more about someone being excited about his passions, right. which is what Faith provided for him. And that it ended up that they and he also was someone who put faith in her, which is um, which is what she was looking for. Because <laughs> like everyone treated her like shit too. Everyone was just like, when this girl comes around, she right. nothing but trouble. I, I found myself thinking at a certain point, especially when you get to the scene where like he's accompanying her while she does her audition. Yeah, I'm thinking like she's clearly a trained dancer like she can do it why is everybody so mean to her it i mean well you you get a sense of like what her past is with the family because like there's that moment when uh vanessa williams's terry character is kind of laying it all out and being like remember when you you bought that car and put it under mama's name remember when you did something else i forget what the list was um but she did a bunch of stuff and then she left and ran away or whatever um so like i get it like I don't know if you have any of these family members. Like, I have family members like this where, like, they come in, wreak havoc, and then they disappear, and then you don't see them again until they need money. Um, I feel like that's a lot of my family. That's I mean, like not a, that's not a, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it's only me. I don't think <laughs> maybe, so. No, maybe it's, it's, it's me too. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm the guy that comes in, and I'm just like, fuck this table and I flip it over <laughs> and then I'm like, give me money. And they're just like so stunned that I came in and flipped the table over before they can't even respond. They can right. process the money part. So I don't get money. Oh no. Yeah. Um, I mean, all you got to do is just, you know, start busting open the TVs and then one day you'll find money. Oh my God. Right. Like that's it. He lied, but his lie came true. <laughs> it was big mama's final gift. Uh, um, I, so we, there's a character in this movie called Uncle Pete, um, (laughs) and he, Uh, like, it's weird the, like, Uncle Pete trajectory, because, like, when they introduce the idea of Uncle Pete, um, he is basically a shut-in, like, he doesn't leave this one room in Big Mama's house, Hmm. um, (laughs) and essentially... Like every time when you first meet him, he's just a cane that pulls in food on Sunday dinners. Um, and then they're like, ha ha, Pete's messing with us. Right, like they're and, keeping a dragon in there or something. Right. And then like at some point, like Honestly, there's another sweet. bit where he uh, rejects the food that Nia Long uh, cooks. Yeah. And you're like, ha ha. And then Nia Long makes a really big acting choice with her like sigh. Right. And then out of frame. That's how acting works. And there are very, there are very. Not to digress too far from uh, Uncle Pete. Yeah. There are so many scenes. There are scenes like uh, every. There was no scene that did not work for me. But there are so many moments within scenes and the way scenes are structured and the way we sort of move from one piece to the next that feels very, very written. Yeah. Um. And there are a couple of moments in the movie like that one that just feel very acted oh yeah. it's not even like it's a bad performance per se it's just okay you made a you maybe modulated your choice just a hair high yeah um anyway uncle pete um yeah well uncle pete starts as this like joke character and then you like meet him in person and you find out he has like dementia and it like makes it so sad it like yeah. goes from from like comedic to like tragic so quickly yes. and it like hurts my heart 
so much because like uh, Vivica Fox is also trying to keep everything together and trying to figure stuff out. Um, and then she comes to the house and like he's sitting out and, and uh, he thinks that she is her mother. Right. And you realize that like he's a shut in because like he, he's he has dementia and like can't really like I don't even know if he has lucid moments or not because you don't really spend that much time with him. Um, so it like goes from really it, right, sad. right. Yeah. It gets really real, like real fast. Oh yeah. Um, but then I I found myself kind of trying to take a step back and go like, is there was there a reason Uncle Pete needed to be in this movie? Like it doesn't really like you could have chopped this stuff. And again, this stuff is it's it's powerful. It's affecting. Yeah. But I feel like you could have lifted every bit of uncle pete out of the movie and it doesn't affect anything else that happens in the movie but who would drop the tv who would who would who would have the tv uh, mckay pfeiffer <laughs> oh yeah yes yeah. mckay pfeiffer is like i'm gonna steal this he's tv mad a lot in this movie <laughs> he gets really mad a lot uh no i like i like having uncle pete because like I, I feel like he is the he's their last connection to their mom. Right. I'm not saying they should have cut Uncle Pete. No, no. I'm saying like I. Well, I'm just saying that that's that's what he is, bro. You you looking for for meaning? You looking for for, for answers? Uncle Pete's got them answers. Uncle <laughs> Pete's got that meaning. Uncle Pete is the only meaning. <laughs> yeah. You only need Uncle Pete. Without him, you could say it. Peter's out. <sighs> eh. Eh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you get it. Hey, folks, this episode of Missing Out is brought to you by Offensive Crayons. Aren't you tired of coloring with boring colors like blue or brown or burnt sienna? What even is that? Well, so are we. So let's liven things up with Offensive Crayons. Gone are the safe colors like goldenrod or red. Now we have Miscarriage Maroon. Privilege. White people. And your parents' divorce was your fault, Peach. And now, for a limited time, the holiday edition, including new classics such as Drunken Racist Uncle Purple and Ho Ho Home Invasion Red. Only available from Offensive Crayons at www.offensivecrayons.com. Not available at Amazon as they were pulled for offending children and Caucasians. White people. www.offensivecrayons.com. Offensive Crayons. Um... There's a, a side note I want to make, but I don't know how to like articulate it. All right, just um, do just just slop your way through it. All right, just get in that trough and splash around. So I watched this movie with captions, um, and the the cat like I don't know if it's like this on the DVD. I don't know if it's like this. I watched it on I watched it on Amazon, and their captions whenever someone uses the N word, um, which is N I G G A. The uh, captions are specific to be like N I G G E R, um, which is harsher. It is, and I, it it like makes me wonder if like the person who was captioning it was like, yeah, they were like, this is my chance. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. If I can't be in a Tarantino movie, this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> nah, and, that, and, that, and that man was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> and- and Quentin heard the news and went, shit, I better better put him in something or his, his virulence a treak of racism will take us all down. Let me write him a role into which he can vent all of this. 
Uh, I'll be hearing from DiCaprio's people pretty soon about these hideous allegations. I like to imagine he just shows up in your apartment. Like, like you walk in, like, after you're done with this, and then, like, a, a swivel chair turns around, and he's like, I hear you know my secret. Mm, you, ha- you had my attention. Now you have my interest or whichever, however that line goes. <laughs> Yep, that was that was that's uh, how it's gonna happen, and he's gonna be like, "I ate a fucking raw fish. You think I won't kill you?" <laughs> I like the idea that like he threatens me like this, but then all he does is he just follows me around and types out captions for everything that I'm saying and just <laughs> inserts epithets oh, no. periodically, <laughs> and then I have to try and explain myself. <laughs> to Oh, jeez. Yeah. The ultimate revenge. He's like, I'll defame you. (laughs) I see their face change. And I'm like, what? And I look down. I'm like, no, no. (laughs) And by this point, they're already walking away. Like, Mm -hmm. real fast, just booking it away from me. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. This is terrible. Uh, What a dick. (laughs) Um... I I really liked this kid character. Um, yes, it did seem very much like he was going to be our POV character, but then was only our POV character sometimes. Um, well, I mean, for the, I mean for a lot of it, uh, only this he was only not the POV character for stuff that he couldn't see. Um, but even then, he like so described it in voiceover. He was like, "Stuff happened." And I don't know what it was. And then the narrative of the movie was like, this. it was this. She was mad because of this. I mean, he the kid, though, he is always kind of saying the same kind of thing. It's always some variation on like, you know, little did we know, right? It's going to get so much worse before it gets better. But Big Mom always said, you need some good food and some love and you'll get through the hard times. And yeah. it's, just, it's just variations on that. I <laughs> That makes me imagine that this kid, like... This movie has a lot of like voiceover narration and like I feel like we're going to pull back and it's going to be this kid as a grown up uh, with a white suit being like big mom always said you got to go is through Uncle the Pete. Time, time <laughs> is a flat circle and shit. <laughs> yep. Like he couldn't come out because of time paradoxes. Right. Yeah. And that's why Uncle Pete's not in any more of the movies because if they were in the same room the space-time continuum would just split apart and right. everybody would have to exist in the quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh, um, this, is, this was also... I, I haven't watched this movie since I was a kid. Um, and I didn't... I don't think I realized how prominent the like diabetes stuff was like i don't think i even understood what was happening and which is crazy because like my mom had diabetes but like there was never a moment where they were like so we gotta cut off her leg right um it was more like mom don't eat that candy bar um but she wasn't cooking giant um greasy meals every day right i thought it was uh, we got to the end of the movie right and we're we're looking at this scene where everybody's having their their meal like they actually get together and they make the meal and like they're all kind of like trying to find their way back to each other and so forth yeah but you know we get the shots of all of the food and it's super celebratory and it's like look at how wonderful it is that they're all back together doing this and i'm sitting there going that's the food that killed big mama (laughs) i mean maybe that well they're probably eating 
less of it than Big Mama is. Like, Big Mama seemed like she had real, like, old-fashioned sensibilities. Like, there's a moment when she burns herself and she's like, get me some butter. And it's like, look, Big Mama. Like, th- that ain't gonna do it. That's not how it works, honey. Um, so, like, even when she's not eating the butter, it's getting absorbed through her skin anytime she burns herself. Like, it's not good for her. She's 60% butter now. <laughs> Uh, like yeah there's a moment also like she's like ain't nothing gonna do except like ain't nothing I need except for something something and turpentine and I was like what are you using that for (laughs) are you drinking the turpentine to feel better how is that how does that work like I know that like in the south um, like they feel like like Robitussin is a big thing I remember Chris Rock had a bit about that yeah yeah. like you just need some Robitussin and I I know in some places like it was Windex. Like they're like you just you get a, like, like if you have a, spoon a cut, of Windex, you just throw Windex on it. No, I think you drink it. I don't remember. Um, but like, so you know, so the old timey wives' tale remedies are bad. So like maybe one of those things killed Big Mama. You <laughs> right. know, she was literally eating chemicals. <laughs> like, yeah, literally just taking chemicals. Uh, for some time, it sounds like maybe maybe she was eating the chemicals because she has mechanical insides. Maybe like maybe she's uh, she's got like a vibranium like torso underneath her outfit. Mm, that'd be cool. So then when they tried to do surgery, the vibranium uh, ruptured and it was like, oh, you can have vibranium on top of your 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 body. But the moment it gets into your blood, it, it's like in uh, Logan, how the animantium was slowly poisoning him. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Totally. All right. I get and, it. Like, I like the idea of like they they're doing the surgery, but during the surgery, it's like her face like starts to come apart, mm-hmm. and like part of it is like Terminator. Like you see the robot parts underneath. No, yeah. it's like it's like uh, in the comics um, when Hank Pym sort of is Ultron, and he's got like the part Hank Pym face. It's like that, but it's it's Big Mama. Yeah. But then uh, in the sequel, Big Mama wakes up. And now she's kind of fused to this uh, AI consciousness that has awakened. So now it's like part Big Mama, part Ultron, and they have to stop. They have to stop her from crashing Sunday dinner <laughs> with her army of robots, and they have to all like uh, Terry's got to pick up the knife again, and everybody's got to get a chair and shit, and they just fend off all of the robots that are that are uh, laying siege to their house, yeah. all before like they have to boss battle <laughs> Big Mama <laughs> Ultron. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that sounds. <laughs> I'd watch it totally. Um. But Big Mama this time is played by Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Martin Lawrence is Big Mama's house. And you tie it, you tie it into that universe. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Like Martin Lawrence is the the like lost son of Big Mama. And then like he finally comes back, like the same way that Faith did. Because like when you're making a sequel, you want to make it just familiar enough, but like different. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then you find out he's Hydra. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> That's why he's in disguise. <laughs> Oh man! Um, Soul Food, Age of Ultron, (laughs) (laughs) and the poster. Like the concept art is just like Vivica Fox and Neil Long and and Vanessa Williams, Mackay Pfeiffer, the little boy. Just every just with weapons and like just throwing punches at robot after robot after robot. And what they want, they're not looking for for uh, 
infinity stones they need like the recipes they need it's like the spell book <laughs> yeah. they need uh, big mama's recipes <laughs> <laughs> i need to know what to throw the catfish into <laughs> How do you make the cornbread from scratch? Right, and like Ultron Big Mama will stop at absolutely nothing to get these <laughs> recipes. The part of her that you knew died long ago. Uh, I like to imagine that the way that the solution is uh, to have Big Mama eat Nia Long's cooking. And so like her bad cooking is the thing that finally stops Big Mama. Ooh. And then like she, she just like sputters and dies. <laughs> and then all of the robots. Just fall down. <laughs> yeah. And then Nia Long does that exasperated sigh and eye roll. And that's how the movie is. Mackay Pfeiffer's dead. Like, you just see him in the background. <laughs> just, like, splayed out on the kitchen floor. <laughs> He's got, like, a steel beam through it. And someone's like, someone's like, I can take you to the hospital. And he's, he's like, like I don't need no help. I don't need it. I'm a man. <laughs> don't tell my wife. And he dies <laughs> there. And the steel beam's coming at him. And there's a robot arm attached to it. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's how. That's how it works. In the post-credit scene, the musician like he he's walking to a museum and then he sees an exhibit and he looks at a photo and it's him seventy years ago. And then you hear the like <laughs> on the soundtrack as we just like slowly pan in to his face. Yeah, and then it's like Big Mama will return. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Yeah, and then it like fizzles away. <laughs> Um, Big Mama had one final secret to impart to us. She <laughs> knew where the soul stone is. <laughs> it's, it's in the in food. The t- it's in the TV, though. The uh, soul, soul food. Yeah. That's how we did it. Uh-huh. And she, she had to kill one of her kids <laughs> to get to the soul stone on Vormir. Jeez. Oh, uh, um, I, I, I feel like since we are wrapping this into... Thanksgiving a bit I thought I'd do something different oh um okay and I would go, I'm, I'm frightened you should be. change is scary it is um I was gonna say Lex Michael for those who also have lots and lots of family drama over food what kind of uh tips could you give to survive the uh the Thanksgiving holiday with all your crazy family members Man, all right. Well, we live we live in uh, in times that are that are that are fraught, that are hectic. A lot of a lot of strongly held views. A uh-huh. uh, lot of a lot of vitriol. Yeah, some vitriols in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you know what they say. They say you don't bring up politics yeah. or religion uh-huh. in polite company. Yeah, but you also know what they say. Uh, everything is political so the only way to navigate this minefield at thanksgiving dinner with the family is for everybody to look quietly at their plates Mm -hmm. for the duration of the meal yeah and then everyone goes home and talks about what a lovely time they had (laughs) until the robots came (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Big Mama killed Mackay Pfeiffer. 
that's, that's how the, the, the narration goes. Everything was great. I loved Sunday dinner until Big Mama came. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. I don't have diabetes. I need some butter. Go, 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 go. The house is rising out of the fucking ground. <laughs> And Big Mama is floating above it, just like holding her arms aloft, <laughs> being like, you are my meteor, <laughs> my swift and terrible sword. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um... My handy tips. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, tell me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I mean, yes, it's always good. Avoid uh, avoid the hot button topics. Um, nod and smile. I, I'm, I'm all about that. A lot of yes anding. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless they're racist. No, you, you got to yes and that too. You got to be like... Uh, so, like, say something racist. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Come on. This isn't a trap. I no. <laughs> I don't feel safe. <laughs> oh, I don't understand what is happening or why. Come on, Lex. <laughs> this is for science. No. For science, you have to say something. Don't, don't feel restrained. Don't just feel free to just let loose. Feel free to. I'm definitely not going to edit this into its own piece <laughs> yeah. and release it on the internet under your name. I'm not like, doing I'm definitely it. not going to do that. If, if you were worried about it. This Come on, good. Lex. Is, Come on. This is dangerous. You're a man, aren't you? This is a fraud don't, scenario. Don't, don't, don't tell my. I won't tell your wife. I won't tell you. <laughs> uh don't don't tell her you're racist yeah, yeah you yeah, probably yeah. shouldn't tell her no, no 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 she'd be mad yeah and she'll think you you trifling you know what i'm saying um no but <laughs> um but yeah uh i would say also um you know don't don't go to like you don't have to suffer through bad family if you don't if you don't like your family members you don't have to deal with them right like you re- you like one cooking is fun learn how to do it anyone can, i've seen ratatouille anyone can cook that's true. It's the greatest lesson pixar has given us yeah i also i really enjoy uh so what me and my sister do is we'll like cook something ourselves but like we'll go to a bunch of family members houses and like make plates <laughs> take their food yeah, yeah, yeah. beat so, them up take their money yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Bring all your robots. Big <laughs> Mama just fights them. All. I, well, yeah, that's how you get the food. That's how you gotta. You always gotta. You have you, to lay siege <laughs> with robots. <laughs> and like the, the, the Vivica Fox is like hopping in slow motion, <laughs> just like throwing a throwing her shield. <laughs> the robots. Yeah, I like that Vivica Fox is your Captain America. Yeah, no, because uh, uh, Terry's definitely Tony Stark. Oh yeah, except okay. Tony Stark likes music, right? But she's got she wears suits. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's the rich one. 
<laughs> she just uh, she she pays for everything. Yeah, and she, she designs everything, and she makes everyone look cooler. Right. Yeah. 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 That no, that tracks. Um, um, Mackay Pfeiffer is probably Bruce Banner. Oh, he's definitely Bruce Banner. Yeah. Um, what with all the the anger yeah. issues, enormous um, green rage monster. Yeah, I would say that the kid is Hawkeye. Um, okay, because he's just sort of observing everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, given the quips when he can, uh, Nia Long is probably either um, Black Widow or she, she could be Thor. Yeah. I feel like I feel like if anything, maybe Nia Long is Peter Quill. Oh yeah. And that's like you re- you had the best of intentions, but you really fucked the pooch on this. <laughs> I mean, but did Peter Quill have the best of intentions? Like, I like to think that, like, Thor is bumbling enough to where, like, you know, he he definitely feels like someone who would ruin something. Like, he, he would make a, a, a bad decision. Well, I guess that's what the first Thor is about, right? Like, he goes to Jotunheim and he makes a mess. Yeah. So, Neil Long goes to Jotunheim <laughs> and <laughs> makes a mess. Yeah. She's like, I told Laufey I would go on a date with him if he gives you a job. <laughs> You're going to work at the Ice Palace on Jotunheim. And MacGyver's like, what in the fuck is that word? <laughs> I didn't understand at least half of those words. And it's making me matter. <laughs> Sun is going down, big guy. <laughs> um, and then, and then, who is the dancing lady? Um, uh, oh, the faith is Loki. Okay, that yeah, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Big Mama is Ultron, as we've established. Right, yeah, we've already established that. Uh, um, and then, so yeah, and if. <laughs> The the guy who tells Mackay Pfeiffer he he'll call him. That's Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that scene was such a bummer. It's it's yeah. I do think it's it is actually uh like uh, kidding aside for a second. I, that might be it was the first time I noticed. But but when that guy pops up and we get to that scene, I was like, is this the first white person that I've seen in this movie? A, I think that's interesting. B, I think it's doubly interesting that this dude is a like a gatekeeper. Yeah. Like a, a condescending kind of shitty, like almost like the symbolic representation of the system that is not enabling Mackay Pfeiffer's character to get ahead. I thought that was interesting. It's totally possible that I just missed. Maybe there was a, par- a little literal parade of white people holding hands, crossing the frame at one point, and yeah, I, yeah. I blinked. And you could like, if you listen closely, they were going, you will not replace us, um, which was... <laughs> Really weird for a movie directed by a black director and written by, like, it's just so weird. But, like, I think he had, like, I'm sure that there was an executive note um, that he was like, I want this to be a really big through line. And they're like, no, 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 you got too many subplots. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll find a way to put it in. And it just happens in the background. Um, And then, like, torches. And then you like, and if you pay t- close enough attention, you see the guy who's the gatekeeper as part of that crowd. And then you get to the scene um, where he's stopping Mackay Pfeiffer from being hired. Um, yep. And then one of the counter protesters is the guy who uh, 
Chelsea Mackay Pfeiffer, he did a great job at the factory. That's yeah. Like when I now now uh, you know how like sometimes you watch uh, an older movie that has been referenced uh, like maybe really pointedly in in other things that you've seen. Yeah. And then you see that for the first time, you're like, oh, I now understand the origin of this reference. Yeah. So now I know uh, that the scene at the beginning of Infinity War where Thanos beats up the Hulk is uh-huh. referencing the scene in Soul Food where this man will not give Mackay Pfeiffer his job. Right, exactly. And then it really, like, fucks him up. Like, you know, it, it like, stunts him for the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's real sad, you know? <laughs> Just, I'm glad I get the reference now. <laughs> that's very, that's very good. Well, I'm glad I could introduce it to you. You know, uh, it's really, it's, it's my job to keep you up on the zeitgeist. You know, get, get you familiar with how the internet works and all that stuff, and, and what's going on in modern television and movies and things. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a really good job. Um, Lex, Michael, do you have like remaining thoughts about this movie? Um. It's very nineties. Uh yes, very much so. Very nineties. Also, uh, we held on the gentleman's butt for quite some time during the scene of intercourse. Yeah, and it felt very, very, very like nine, but like nineties softcore specifically. Yeah, and I was like, is this sexy? Is oh, this yeah. supposed to be? Am I supposed so to be turned sexy. on by what I'm saying? Is there something wrong with me that I'm not? Yeah. The issue is that like maybe maybe you just don't have a, a a good enough idea of sexiness, you know, or maybe you were just too jealous that your butt didn't look like his butt. You I know? Mean, I mean, I get hey, there's a reason they they were able to hold on it for so long. Yeah. It's like MPAA was like, you know, we we really think you should kind of cut that. Like we may have to we we thought about bumping it to an NC17 because you hold on this dude's bare ass as long as you do, but Yeah. We talked about it and we we just we feel it's important that you share this. Yeah. We think it's it's something that people need to be exposed to. It mm-hmm. needs to it needs to reach the the widest possible audience. Yeah. We feel this might be the most important thing we ever do <laughs> as a body. Yeah. I mean, just imagine when people are watching it on the big screen. Ooh boy. They got a got a good shot of that that wide butt. Ooh as yeah. As a house. Um I um, that you reminded me, I've, I've been very vocal on this show about how much I hate, um, filmed sex scenes. Cause they like, don't follow the rules of how like sex happens and stuff. Um, and it really, it bothered me so much the like position that they chose, how he was just like, I'm just going to throw it in there. And she's like, cool. Like, I was like, this can't be pleasurable for either of you. No, this can't be good in any way shape or form no um and it always bothers me because it's because movie and tv sex is always bad sex or most most of the time i feel like at a certain point i stopped following (laughs) i'm just i'm just reprising my i'm just reprising my uh general view that uh tv and movie sex is bad got it um that's it like for the for the characters or for you for the characters, got it. I feel like most of the time it's it's um, gross and un unpassionate, and also I feel like most of the time it can't be feel good for either person involved. Um, but you know, that's just me. 
All right. That's just me. I mean, yeah, that's all right. I, t- I, I followed that time. Yeah. Guys, what do you think about uh, movie and TV sex? Like, how do you feel? Do you think it's pleasurable to the people involved? Not the actors, but like the characters, if they're having a good time. If you have a good example of a great scene that I should check out that you feel exemplifies two people really enjoying sex in a, in a realistic way on a movie or television show, TV, movie, set. Um, didn't uh, H- HBO, didn't they just uh, create, they created a position and things like intimacy coordinator so that while they're shooting sex scenes, like they do for many of their, their fine uh, premium cable programs, uh-huh. uh, they'll have somebody that's kind of monitoring everything, making sure that everybody's comfortable, everybody, you know, like everything's safe and, and yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. This is, well, this is pretty recent. Interesting. It was a pretty recent thing. Can I get that? That Can I, can I get, all right. HBO. I want one for my, my own life. I mean, yeah. I want somebody to be. I just want somebody to make sure that I feel safe, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I feel like everybody's sort of doing what they're supposed to, and right, and nobody's gonna be <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> like um, somebody just hangs yeah. out in your room. <laughs> HBO, can you hook us up? All right, uh, missing out with like their own intimacy coordinator. Um, if you you can hit us up at missing outcast. That's M I S S I N G O U T C A S T on Twitter. You can also hit us up on the missing out hotline. Just leave us a voicemail, being like, "Here's the rate for the uh, intimacy coordinator. Here's what they require. Here's all those things." And that number is nine seven eight miss out. And just hit us up, bro. Just, just good, just good, just, just find a way to contact us. Get us in touch with your intimacy coordinator, and uh, we will. We're gonna make fun stuff happen. And I, I'd also just like to get them on this show so they can also tell us about how they think that most TV and movie sex scenes are bad. Um, that's just how I feel. But I mean, maybe they'll agree, or maybe they'll school me. They'll be like. Here are a hundred examples of great sex scenes, and I'll be like, "Hell yeah!" I mean, everyone's I having could, a good time, right? Like, I bet you could, like, go online right now and search that and get like at least five to ten listicles. Mm, maybe I just don't want to get porn. That's the only thing I want. Like, no, are you are you like, is it is it that like you have a, a an anti porn stance, or is it just that you don't feel that uh, that will help your search? I don't think it'll help my search. You just think it'll be, um, will it be too distracting? <laughs> You'd be I like, mean, what was I doing? No, because I, I want specifically in television and movie. Right. Um, so like porn doesn't help because I already know that that is a fantasy. And I'm, again, I'm not anti-porn. I think everyone should enjoy porn if they like it. Why are you um, so anti-porn? Um, because I want it all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm the only one that can have this footage. You can't have it. You have to come to me if you want this footage. Yeah, I'm. I am. I'm the porn gatekeeper. I'll call you. Right. You want porn? I'll call you. You legally change your name to Mr. Pornhub, <laughs> and like they try to sue you, but you're now too powerful. Yeah, you're above. You're above the law. <laughs> What's your first name? It's Mister. It's literally Mister. Mister. My, my last name is Pornhub. Um, but you can pronounce it Pornhub. Pornhub. I guess All right, guys. We have to. He's too Lex, powerful. Where can they find you? Uh, I am on 
where am I? I'm uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. That's that's the one. That's the pictures one. Uh, <laughs> at the Lex Michael. Nice. And you can find me at Tari J. That's T A U R I J A Y. Once again, you can find this show at Missing Outcast. That's M I S S I N G O U T C A S T. And let us know what you thought of Soul Food. If you had a chance to check it out, let us know any memories you might have with Soul Food. If you have any, uh, if you, this is your first time watching it, then bro, let us know what your first thoughts were. Did you like that sex scene? Did you, do you feel like there could have been a little bit more ties to the Infinity War or Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, what do you guys think the title of Soul Food 4 will be? Yeah, let us know. Um, and because you, you remember at the end of the last installment, Big Mama Ultron snapped her finger uh-huh. and Vanessa Williams disintegrated. <laughs> it was so sad because her last words were, This is what I wanted. <laughs> Very upsetting because, like, even if they bring her back, you it's just like she doesn't want to be here. It's, it's a bummer. Oh my god, and then the little kid has to kill Vivica Fox to stop them. She's like, it, it shouldn't be you, but it is. It's not fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're out of time. <laughs> oh. And then Big Bomb's like, fuck your sacrifice, and turns back time <laughs> so she can kill Vivica Fox. She didn't even need anything from her. She's just consumed by her robot side now. Yeah. excited for this for this <laughs> it's, yeah. i'm excited for it to see who lives and who dies in soul food for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. me too <laughs> all right guys uh thanks again for joining us uh we will see you next week uh have a wonderful thanksgiving holiday if yeah, you celebrate if you don't um hey enjoy your day yeah you do i'm you. sure you probably have the day off so like Watch some shows. Yeah. Uh, listen to some tunes. Think uh, Creed, um, Creed 2 will be out. Ooh, hell little, yeah. Little, little uh, Ivan Drago action. That's what's up. Yeah, bro. Let us know what you think about that, because I'm going to be watching it. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. See you guys later. Bye. I am Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs>